Hello, everybody. Welcome to UJ Sports Live. My name is Ronnie DeBolsey. I'm joined by Jim Donnan, uh, former Georgia Bulldogs head coach. Uh, we also will have Blaine Gilmer joining us here in just a second. Uh, let's we'll bring in Blaine. So we got Blaine Gilmer, the uh, UJ recruiting, uh, UJ sports recruiting guru. Trying to sound about to say UGA no. recruiting guru, which, which would have been nice. Uh, yeah. We got the, we've got Blaine with us, and uh, we appreciate that. Of course, we got Coach Donnan. Uh, we also appreciate everybody from uh, like uh, Tim, who's down in Oglethorpe. Let us know where you're watching from. We appreciate all of you. And of course, I'm back at Classics to Eats in Watkinsville. Uh, it's been a while since I've been out here. Been on the road a lot. Been doing a lot of uh, visiting. You've got Big Nate here with a new haircut. Nate's in town, so uh, great to be back at our old stomping grounds. Fantastic place for you to stop by if you get a chance. Swing by Classic City Eats. They have a lot of new menu items you need to try out. You'll absolutely love it. I guarantee it. If you don't like it, then blame Josh. Anyway, uh, we had a big show last night. If you didn't uh, get the chance to tune in on our Rumors versus Facts show, hosted by Blaine and Jed and Trent, they had Dylan Rayola come on. This is the number one player in the nation for 2024. This is the number one quarterback in the country. This is the guy that Georgia wants very, very badly. He took a visit to Georgia, and I'm just going to tell you, a lot of people said he wasn't going to take this visit. But Blaine stuck to his guns and said, yes, he is. He's going to be here on March 18th. He showed up, and no one's got a chance to talk to him. But Blaine had him on his freaking show. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Coach Don and Blaine because – both former quarterbacks, they can talk quarterbacks, and I'm going to let you guys uh, hash out what uh, Dylan Rayola, five-star quarterback, had to say. Yeah, we're glad to have Blaine on, and uh, I enjoy listening to him and watching uh, all his facts that he puts out there. But I think it's just really, and at this point, with so much up in the air about spring practice, they've only been out there actually one day in pads, and we'll talk about that a little more as the program progresses. But I felt like it was uh, really something that we could uh, delve into a little bit because it is such a paramount issue uh, to sign a really big-time quarterback for the, this coming class, maybe even two, supposedly. Uh, so uh, rather than have you just go over the whole visit because it's on our website, people can read it. I, I just wanted to ask you a couple pertinent facts here right off the bat. Uh, from what I've heard, the fact that Mike Bobo has an existing relationship with Stafford, who played with, uh, with Riola's uh, dad as a center, how much do you think that's going to help us as a transition from Bobo into Bobo from Monk and uh, Blaine? I think any time that you have that, you know, reliability there when it comes to being able to have a character reference, somebody that, that you trust, that you know that you can say, okay, what is this guy all about? And Stafford will be able to give that to Rayola, both uh, father and son. And Dylan has Stafford's number. He can call him anytime he wants to. And uh, I know, you know, from speaking to Dominic firsthand, uh, Dylan's father, that he said that, Stafford used to rave about Bobo uh, when he was in Detroit. So this was before he even knew that his son would be recruited by by Georgia or Bobo would be back at Georgia one day. So uh, definitely a big, big influence there. Yeah, that's a big point there. Uh, I'm glad you could get that across because the general feeling is, you know, everybody has a tendency to think one thing or the other. But uh, Certainly when you have a transition, you always worry about that. But another kind of hidden fact that I think really is the Montgomery Van Gorder being a constant, uh, being on top of the kid. Even when he committed to, to Ohio State, 
tell us about that relationship and what you know uh, as far as the two of those guys together. Yeah, Montgomery Van Gorder was a guy that as soon as Buster Faulkner left, Georgia really prioritized and making sure he would stay around and, and uh, ended up keeping him. And he's a guy that just has so many connections in the state of Georgia from playing at Buford High School and, and you know, just being around. He, he grew up in the, in the North Hall community as well. Um, and, of course, his, his dad was defensive coordinator when he was growing up. So a lot of connections in the state of Georgia. But him and Bobo have really been involved in this recruitment going all the way back to, like, August of or September of last year, even when Munkin was still around, I said last night they Munkin may not have known he was going to be leaving, but you know he he dropped some hints, you know, kind of along the way that Georgia was going to be in good shape with uh, Mike Bobo, like after the SEC championship game, saying, "Hey, those first two plays we scored on, those were Mike Bobo's ideas." So both uh, Gummy Van Gorder and uh, Mike Bobo have been involved in this recruitment since August September of last year, pretty heavily. Yeah, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. And from my <laughs> standpoint, I, I think that uh, you always got to look at the what if. And the what if for me is USC, their head coach, his uh, history of training quarterbacks, of having Heisman Trophy guys, the fact that it's the, you know, the, the glitzy place, it's a lot closer to Arizona where the Riola family live. Uh, what do you think we got to do to overcome that and, uh, and, and make this? get to understand that George is the place for I think just continuing to hammer that Georgia is the only place, one of the only places in the country, maybe a handful of schools, and certainly over the last couple of years where every day when you go and practice against that defense, you're going to be facing NFL guys and a lot of them. And uh, that's going to help your development, whether you're uh, the starter immediately or you're working with the twos or whatever you're doing you're practicing every day against basically an NFL defense. And that's certainly not the case at, at USC. So I think that's a, that's a big deal. And then two, um, you know, just the, the system that, that Mike Bobo and company run sometimes, uh, you know, Lincoln Riley definitely has a lot of success, but ne not necessarily does that transition to the pros all the time. So, I mean, you gotta, gotta, that's what I think Georgia would be selling right there is the day-to-day -day competition. Uh, and then also the development in terms of, knowledge of a pro system and things like that. Okay, time frame, just for our fans, most of us know that you can't take an official visit to June, but uh, from his standpoint, uh, Dylan's, uh, how many official visits do you think he'll take? And when that's over, do you think the process will end up in some kind of commitment before the season starts? I could see him taking at least at least three. To, you know, Georgia, Nebraska, and and USC. I think could all definitely get a, an official visit. I wouldn't be surprised if you know another another school pops up that he just wants to go look at or, or something along those lines. But you know, June second through fourth is is when he's slated to be in town. A huge weekend uh, that they're going to have a ton of uh, five star guys there. And I think shortly, you know, after those. After those official visits, I don't think it's going to take long for him to uh, come to a decision and wrap things wrap things up in this this recruitment. Listen, what we've maintained the entire time. We're not saying that he's a lock to Georgia, but we've maintained here that Georgia's always been either one A or one B in this recruitment and is going to be there right until the very end. So just uh, just kind of with a family like the Rails, they're going to they're going to be level headed. They're going to take their time. I got a question for you. If Coach, you don't mind me jumping in. 
You're the boss. <laughs> what is uh, – we're hearing good things about Georgia. What what do you think is the negative recruiting against Georgia? To me, it's always comes out that, well, they don't have the wide receivers for you to throw to, even though Georgia has some pretty good wide receivers and has some great tight ends. But when I saw – when everyone said he would not decommit from Ohio State, it was because he had all those great receivers committed that's going to go in the class with him. Why You know, he will never do that. So what is the negative recruiting? What, is, what does Nebraska and USC say? Or not to say that they are doing that, but their fans. But what's the downside? What's the, what does Georgia need to be watching out for? Uh, a narrative they need to counter. The only thing that you could really point to with Georgia is maybe some of the past use under, you know, some highly rated quarterbacks with Kirby in the past. But listen, when you got a guy like, like a Stetson Bennett that comes in and wins that job and, and plays for two years, I mean, you know, he's going to be an NFL quarterback. And, and he, yeah, he didn't develop out of high school maybe the way that he might have wanted to, but he ends up being a, a Heisman Trophy finalist. So that I think that's the knock on Georgia is, okay, how many five stars have went and, you know, done their thing at Georgia and been been very successful. But I think that, you know, that, that's the reasons that you have to recruit negatively against Georgia are getting fewer and fewer as time goes on, especially with the success that Kirby's had. And Coach Donnan, I mean, you would you would probably know more better than I would in terms of negative recruiting. You've had to, you know, fight off and do all that in, in college before. Yeah, one thing that I really like, and, and of course I just go website, but occasionally I'll pick up when when it's somebody that I know that we're on. And I read where another guy interviewed uh, his dad, and he said the one thing that he really liked about Kirby was the fact that they didn't uh, worry about negative recruiting. They didn't. Georgia never talks about anything but it but themselves, and uh, he likes that. He, he likes the fact that Georgia uh, is feels good about what they're doing. They're not worried about anybody else. They're going to talk about what we do, bring you in where you got tremendous competition, like you mentioned before, Blaine. Dad's been around the block. I mean, you know, he's been pro player. He's been recruited, and he's got the family ties, I know, to Nebraska that, you know, people talk about is, uh, is, is I guess, is somebody's related to him is on the staff at Nebraska. His brother. That, that would be a situation where uh, they would have to come up with a lot of money and a lot of things that they just don't have now compared to us. But uh, I, I do feel like that uh, the one thing that I feel good about that Blaine said, if and when he does make an earlier commitment, then you're going to have a type effect that we read about that uh, Blaine and Jed may do such a terrific job of interviewing these kids you got it's good to have that kind of relationship really they get to talk to them more sometimes than the coaches because the coaches can only talk to them uh, as juniors uh, after a certain date they have to actually call the coaches so uh but but that pod piper effect of you know who's the guy that's going to be under center kind of like arch manning going to texas picking up some guys i think we can see a, a big boost there in our overall recruiting don't you blaine absolutely and even when you mentioned Arch Manning, he ended up not taking as many guys to Texas as they originally thought that he might. But Dylan Raul is very much so uh, – he's a more relational type guy, very, very intentional about, you know, making relationships with guys that he goes on visits with. Ryan Wingo, five-star, was here 
in Athens this past weekend. Jeremiah Smith is a guy that if if Raola comes to Georgia, I mean, you, Georgia's got a tremendous shot with with Jeremiah Smith, who's committed to Ohio State right now. If that that happens, um, I mean, just. Uh, those are two five-star guys. If those two, if he brought them with him, I mean, when's the last time you've had Georgia have a five-star quarterback come in with two five-star receivers? They've had a five-star quarterback before, but not two five-star receivers in addition to him. And you give Kirby Smart that on top of what he does defensively, it's going to be hard to beat. So just for our fans that, that don't get a chance to watch the tape, uh, like you and I do, and Roddy occasionally does if he's having a couple of drinks, but uh, what, what do you what what do you feel like uh, Riola brings to the table as the nation's number one quarterback? What what do you feel like his strengths are? Uh, arm strength. Uh, he can really he can fit it in tight windows. He's a big guy. I think his stature plays to his strength as well because you see in the in the SEC and in the NFL. I mean, there's big guys across from me that the offensive line can't hold him out all the time. So being able to – he's almost got a Ben Roethlisberger effect to him, being able to shrug guys off and, and you know, keep plays alive, stuff like that. But he's very well coached. He's a guy who understands defenses. So I don't think that the learning curve will be too much for him. And his maturity, I think you just see his maturity. He'll take – what defense gives him, he, he doesn't force stuff a lot of times. And and I think that maturity off the field as well, he's a guy who's grounded in his in his faith. And I think wherever he goes, he's going to have a tremendous success because of all those elements. Yeah, let's get on, on him. And then I want to bring up one other guy, Friday Lettuce. Uh, what do you think the situation is such that, he, you know, he played in Texas and then they moved to uh, Arizona and now he's going to move again for his senior year to another school. Tell us about that transition and maybe some of the reasons for that. Uh, is that a red flag? I mean, what what's happening here? No, I mean, I think uh, some of that coincides with, you know, some talks and advice that, you know, they've gotten throughout the time of their recruitment from some coaches and in, in college and in different situations and things like that. So not – there's two sides to every story, and I don't want to, you know, go too deep into the thing at, at Chandler High School, but it, you know, wasn't the ideal situation. He's going over to Pinnacle now, uh, high school, and I think that'll be a, a better situation for him in terms of, uh, you know, his his family dynamic and and how he's able to go about his his senior season. But when it comes down to it, you mentioned he's in Texas. I think it's quite interesting that. Uh, you know, Daryl Dickey was recruiting him when he was at Texas A&M uh, and made a really strong relationship with him early. And now uh, Daryl Dickey pops up at, at Georgia as a as an analyst. And then so it, it, he, they've moved around a lot, but a lot of times you, you have some connections like that. I anticipate that just being a confluence of circumstances, really. And I don't think it's a tremendous red flag for him. But, hey, yeah. some people may may view it that way. Yeah, I appreciate you clearing that up. And and one other prospect I want to talk about for our fans because he's the one that I know personally, uh, Christian Clark from out in uh, Arizona as well, made an uh, unofficial visit here last week. And uh, his dad played for me at uh, Marshall, Ricardo Clark. Rick, he goes by Rick. Uh, got a great family. His brother plays in Arizona. His mother, Sharon Shannon, just a really nice lady. But uh, – 
all of a sudden this guy just burst onto the scene here uh, from a just a big, strong, physical looking back. Looks like Nick Chubb, only 16. Tell us about him, and uh, all of a sudden, George is right in the thick of things for this young man. No doubt, I, and I just don't think that he anticipated, and he told me so, he, he just didn't anticipate when he came to Georgia, because he's been in the state of Georgia a lot, he's got family and stuff like that, but I just don't think he anticipated what he walked into when he went there in terms of the facilities, the staff, the environment that was there, the competition at practice, they said they were just blown away by it. And, you know, obviously Rick uh, growing up watching Georgia, you know, having, having Georgia close to it, close to his heart. He grew up heck around uh, Garrison Hurst. So it was a special visit for him. Uh, and it was a special visit for Christian as well. And I think that Christian's right up there in a group of, you know, they have Dwight Phillips committed as a running back, but he's right up there in a group with Jarrett Gibson and Chauncey Bowens, a commit to Florida. One of those three guys, Christian Clark, Chauncey Bowens, uh, if they could flip him, or uh, Jarrett Gibson, who's a kind of Georgia and Texas battle right now. One of those three guys is going to end up being that second running back for Georgia. I really believe so. And Christian is a guy who he – Dell McGee is excited about him because they were telling him on the visit they think he can line up and play receiver, kind of like Kenny McIntosh did, and he's you know capable in between the tackles as well. Yeah, just for our fans there, he, he played in a school where they had two other backs that were upperclassmen, and the coach let all three of them play, so he doesn't have the overwhelming stats, but it didn't take everybody long to figure out that this guy was going to be the man, and he, he really has taken over that one other interesting scenario I was talking to his dad about uh, what was going on when you were uh, in high school did you come over to Georgia and he said yeah I came to a camp but they took another receiver instead of me and I said who was that and he said Damon Evans so Damon Evans ends up being the athletic director in Georgia Hey, Blaine, we appreciate you taking time. I know you got a busy schedule working. You got a new baby. Uh, just <laughs> give you a lot of credit for all you, all the hard work you put in, and our fans and Roddy and everybody uh, really enjoy all the stuff you put out. I appreciate you guys, and thank you for having me on. Thanks, Blaine. See you hey, Coach, don't, don't say too many nice things about him. I might have to start paying that man. We can't have that. I thought it was really good stuff from Blaine. I, th I think getting uh, Dylan Rayla to come on the show was just a huge get. And, Coach, uh, I know people – you hate stuff like this, and, but some people read into the fact that when he put his name up there, he put a little dog next to it. Uh, he yells out, go dogs!" at the end. I, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but a lot of people just thought that it's, it's a Nebraska battle. It's a, He's going to go to USC. I just feel like Georgia is absolutely in the thick of it for landing Dylan Rayola. I just think the sheer number of visits, the fact that he keeps coming back, the way his face lit up, he was at a baseball game for his uh, younger brother, which I thought was phenomenal. He's a family guy. He's a, he's a strong, uh, has strong values, supporting his uh, younger brother, going to one of his games. But he jumps on the show with us, and he he just lit up talking about Georgia. And again, you can't. I don't want to read too much into that, but it looks pretty good for Georgia's side, coach. Yeah, I mean, I think we're in, we're as good as we can be. It's just going to be can he can he fight off see that that luster and that, the fact that uh, Riley's bringing that you know all those uh, Heisman trophy quarterbacks in there 
that he's coached. Uh, but but at the same time, you got that supporting cast and his dad. The thing I like about his dad and the, and the young man, they come in there, they go to meetings, they listen to you. Uh, you, you can't if you get up on a whiteboard and you can't do your thing. Uh, uh, his dad's going to know that he's been around all these pro coaches. Uh, same thing's true for the young man because he's had a chance to interact with so many coaches and can't say enough too about, uh, you know, just the fact that, that, uh, we, we got a good support staff. Uh, you know, we lost Buster, but picked up a red yesterday where you said we picked up, uh, the, the guy from, from Clemson and also Daryl Dickey, who, Brandon Streeter, yes, sir. Brandon, Brandon Streeter. I remember five years ago, Kirby and I were talking about, hey, do we need to get in on Brandon Streeter because uh, he's really in there tight with uh, Lawrence. But uh, you, you just never know what goes around comes around. But uh, Kirby always thinking ahead. I mean, we played Clemson in two years, first game. You got Brandon <laughs> Streeter here the whole time. I didn't talking, even think about that. Talking <laughs> about their defense. Uh, we play Ole Miss in, uh, next year. Uh, Daryl Dickey planned Ole Miss for the last three years uh, under uh, Coach uh, – la- the last two years under Coach Kiffin. Uh, other teams in the league. The, the the one thing I know when Dickey has talked to Bobo and all, they looked at the Alabama tape. Uh, you know, they came within one play of beating Alabama this year and beat them last year. And now you got that guy that was in the meetings preparing for Alabama. I mean, all that stuff adds up. Uh, plus the fact both these guys getting paid by Clemson and Texas A&M. So uh, you get a high-powered guy that's that's coming in kind of like Bobo was for Auburn. And uh, he doesn't have to sacrifice. He can come in here and still get paid like, a, like he was as a full-time coach. So an, an, another brilliant move by Kirby Smart. Yeah, I think the, the way to sum it up is you've brought in a guy uh, that Rail is very familiar with and Mike Bobo, you know, his, dad, his dad's best friend, you know, a good friend, uh, Matt Stafford could talk about him, uh, has proven success. You bring in, like you say, Streeter, you bring in uh, Dickey, uh, you've got uh, uh, Gummy, who's been recruiting for a long time. You have a, you knock, the, knock it out of the park on your visits. I think you summed it up when Georgia's done everything it can. And now here's the thing, and folks, this drives people crazy. We will tell you about a kid who keeps looking at Georgia, loves Georgia, talks about Georgia all the time, puts them in their top three, puts them in their top two, and it comes down to the wire, and he picks somebody else. It it happens. So uh, I think right now you could not do anything more for uh, your chances to get Dylan Rail than you have so far. So – uh, as you say, shout out to Kirby Smart, shout out to uh, Mike Bobo, shout out to this years long recruitment, and hopefully it pays off uh, with a commitment and a signing in December. We'll see. There's anyway. one thing that, that I want to point out, and then you get hit these uh, people that bring our show is we got enough of a support here that, you know, guys are going to commit to other schools. That happens. I mean, you can't get them all, but you got people that that can help still stay in touch with them like the whole time that uh that this young man after he committed to Ohio State Montgomery Van Gogh stayed uh mucking they you know not quite as much because it doesn't look like he's coming here but you got a guy building that relationship and staying in case something happens 
still in know. Same thing with Smoke Bowie. You know, he, here he is at Georgia now after going to Texas A&M. But it, it works out good. And uh, here comes the general manager. He's been out there talking to a few. Uh, you, you're trying to sign somebody in free agency here. But uh, you're here just in time to hear Roddy talk about who we've got bringing our show to us. Yeah, I'm not even going to talk about Dane coming in, you know, probably hungover, slack-ass, waiting, you know. Things are happening on the campus of the University of Georgia, my friend, and that's uh, athletics, academics, and I'm only here for like five minutes before I leave and let y'all continue with your show. Uh, well, you're here long enough to find out that if you are a watching the show, then you need to know what is brought to you by Athens Ford, one of our premier uh, sponsors. They've been around a very long time taking care of us. Now, I just saw that they put up a note the other day that in the 2022 uh, calendar year, they gave out 100 thousand dollars in scholarships just saying that's pretty damn impressive so uh we always talk about what they do for the community because i mean you know they have the best cars you know they have the biggest selection you know they have the best service department you know they have the best uh, parts department and they have that lifetime powertrain uh warranty on just about everything they sell but i also want you to know that if you go out there you're just like people they take our readers and viewers take care of our sponsors because they it helps take care of us. Well, and they also like the services. Well, you're gonna like the services at uh, Athens Ford to try them out. You will greatly uh, uh, you'll be greatly impressed with what they do for you, but you'll also help out the community. So, uh, reach out to Athens Ford when you get the chance. Also, want to mention our friends at uh, uh, Your Pie. Uh, we missed out on the uh, Your Pie. I say we missed out. It's past the Your Pie special when they do the 3.14 off of each pizza. You know, uh, March 14th, pie is 3.14. They do the, the discount, $3.14 off of all their pizzas. If you had one during that uh, time period, you will absolutely, you know you want another one. So it's a week later. Uh, try their pizzas. Try their sandwiches. Try their gelato. Try the salads. Try the uh, pastas. So hit up our friends at Your Pie. Uh, that's, again, another group of people who are founded here in Athens who support the Athens community left and right. So hit up your pie, use the app. It's Tuesday, get double points. You trust me, you'll uh, be very, very happy that you did so. Can I sneak in a couple of like quick questions I wanted to ask coach before sure. I leave? Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. I'm just going to get here and crash the party. And uh, Roddy, you'll be glad to know that Coach Don texted me after our uh, PFF mock draft on Sunday, and he was criticizing my picks. So this GM thing is is personal, and I love it. I love every bit of it. And he's not wrong because I had the Jaguars taking a tight end. It was Darnell Washington in the first round. Uh, when Evan Ingram, they just signed him to a franchise tag. My answer was, it's Darnell Washington. I just want <laughs> I don't care who else is on the team. Yeah. <laughs> Now, my question, coach, my question for you, Lad McConkey, Dominic Lovett, how do you get them on the field at the same time? Just say, hey, number six, you go out there. Number 84, you go out there. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I just think the, the one thing I like about Mike, and, he, and maybe he learned some of it from me, I don't know, but I like the fact that our guys are interchangeable. You can play. Z, you can play the slot. Z's the outside guy, slots, uh, whatever you want to call him. And X is the wide receiver on the weak side. So you can go just for, for everybody, make it real easy. Three by one, you got three guys outside. Z, you, you, on the outside, you got somebody in the middle, a slot guy, and then you got a weak side guy. So you can call that formation trips. 
But if you call it trio, then the Z moves into the middle guy and the middle guy moves out to the outside guy. And if you call it something like treble, then the, the outside guy moves over to the split inside and the split end guy comes into the middle. So it looks like a three by one to the defense, but you can utilize receive different areas. So uh, Dominic doesn't have to necessarily be a slot. Uh, and the same thing's true with, uh, with um, McConkie. He can be the wide receiver on the weak side. But so we got that. And I think a guy that you don't sleep on here is Dylan Bell. I mean, he had some big catches last year. He's an explosive guy. He's strong. We know what Rosemary St. You know what he can do. Uh, those guys know what know how to play in this league. They've had zillions of, of uh, reps against our defense, which helps you get off press coverage. And then you add Ra Ra Thomas coming in there too, who is uh, has had demonstrated can catch the ball in the league. Not to mention these other guys, which uh, Arian Smith. I mean, if you put and you put McConkie, Arian Smith, and Dominic Lovett out there along with Brock Bowers. You know, we used to have this boy in my school's name, Aaron, and he couldn't say his R's very good. And when he didn't like something, he'd say, Elwin, you better say your prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be like the smallest uh, light-up, but yet the fastest in the SEC in receiving core? I like those hiccup guys. I mean, quick as a (laughs) Quick as a hiccup. I like the quickness. And, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be throwing a lot of bubble screens with those guys. I mean, as far as blocking on the perimeter. But uh, you could you could go with, the, you know, like our look where you come out there and you look real sleek or Ferrari-type players. And then you could come out there with some big old Chilardos out there too, some big old guys. So, uh, uh Coach, drop out there for you? Yeah, he did drop out there for okay. you. Well, I have two more questions for him when he gets back in. I guess I'll throw the first one to you, Roddy, uh, as All Coach Donnan right. comes back. So when we hear about Jalen Walker moving from inside to outside, how much does that mean he gets to do in terms of, like, edge rushing? Because the outside linebacker, edge rusher, mesh of whatever that position is, it seems like it's all kind of been one thing the last few years. But, like, are we expecting to see Jalen Walker hand on the ground? Like, I, I don't think he's – he's not going to be Trayvon Walker. No, but at the same time, this is a guy who they require – I don't want to say required. They used him almost exclusively to get to the quarterback on third down as a true freshman. I think uh, – you know, you ask guys, what is your best pass rush move? And they'll give you a litany, you know, of, uh, you know, whether like the swim or, you know, all the, the different stacks they do, you know, the bull rush and stuff like that. Everyone's got their different move. But uh, for him, I think if – I still think he's make a hell of an inside line guy. If he could bulk up to be that outside guy, it'd be phenomenal. But I, I think they're just say, look, go, go get him the best way that you want to. You know, of course, you have your responsibility – on that play, but I just don't see him being the outside guy all the time. I just see him being the uh, – uh, I see him being the outside guy on third down, you know, if that makes sense. I, 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 he, he can't be uh, Trayvon Walker, but he could be a Nolan Smith. You know, he could be a uh, – uh, he could be Adam Anderson. You know, he could be that uh, guy that just takes off from the edge 
you know, five technique, seven technique, nine, get way out there. Just uh, somebody you have to count for. I could be completely wrong. We'll ask coaches to see what he says. We're talking about Jalen Walker, coach. I mean, Jalen can can move outside using on pass rush some, and but you know he's missing the spring because of the shoulder situation. But getting back to what I was going to say, when I lost my internet for some reason, but, uh, everybody talks about we lost Washington, we might not be able to run as much twelve. Don't sleep on uh, on on obviously Delp, but Lucky is really a player. I mean, he, we're going to have to find room for him. And Sperlin is a long angular guy that. It's going to bulk up. It's just amazing these guys look like uh, the the 21st of March compared to what they look like January the 1st with the right kind of diet, with the right kind of uh, strength and conditioning. Uh, just, uh, these guys look cut, really are. And then they'll have three more months here in the spring. But, uh, but there's the, as a play caller, your first idea is to – you know, what are we going to need to do to win? Well, first of all, your defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, second is how do we utilize the personnel? Got to start with 19. Uh, how, nobody in the country got anybody like him. So he's kind of like a hybrid guy that can do everything. Uh, don't be surprised if you don't see some 21 stuff where Brock Bowers is a fullback and and all of a sudden you got Milton back there and you could throw in the ball to – uh, Bowers in the flat or running the speed option with him. I mean, there's a lot of stuff you could do. My final question, and I admit that this is mainly to annoy Roddy, but I'm genuinely curious to your answer, Coach. Uh, what is your opinion of Carlos Alcaraz coming back to beat uh, Daniil Medvedev at the final of Indian Wells and in his uh, injury comeback? I'm just telling you right now, that was about as big an ask line to see you game. Uh, Unbelievable the way he just smoked, smoked on my man. I mean, just uh, I couldn't believe the way. I mean, everything he did. I mean, this guy's finally growing up a little bit, getting a lot stronger to go with his quickness, and he, he just spanks the ball. He's got tremendous confidence. Uh, the next great player in, in, in the world, I mean, no question about it. He's got everything. He's got the temperament. He's got the skill level. Uh, he's got it all. Roddy's so mad at me right now. <laughs> I, no, I'm tuning. I'm actually uh, checking Twitter, see what's going on while you guys talk tennis. Hey, give a shout out to Georgia Tennis for a comeback win over Tennessee. That was a big hey, deal. That was. Yeah, had seven match points against us. Both both t- teams right now, uh, men's and women tennis, leading the, the league, and uh, it's going to be tough down the stretch. We got some. Uh, we got to play South Carolina at South Carolina, and the women got to play Texas A&M, but. Just two stalwart programs. And I would say overall, uh, shout out to Josh Brooks. I mean, our programs are right up there. Uh, you look at the women's basketball. I mean, I thought they were Iowa the other day. And uh, men's basketball made some improvement. Uh, soccer, volleyball. I mean, we're all here at Georgia. Yeah. Well, I'll leave you to it because I have more things to get to. Um, what are you, you going to do now? You're going to go out there and uh, – Take somebody to a tea at four o'clock or what? I don't know. I, I don't have that Jim Donnan schedule right now, but uh, maybe one well, day. I mean, I will. You can't, what kind of schedule you on? You can't even make. You know, you got to be on this show once a week, and you can't even find time to be on for one hour. You can be on that catfish show on Sunday night at twelve at five thirty or whatever that was, but you can't be on with your regular. So, uh, 
we behind the scenes, man, we brought in another guy today, and he did a pretty good job. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, it, it only gets better when I get off the show. So that's true. You're the man. You're the man. That's that's good. See you guys. We'll see you. Uh, <laughs> as much as we enjoy having him here, as much as I enjoy being classics and eats, I want to tell you about one of my other favorite places. is Academia Brewing Company. Check them out when you get a chance. Uh, phenomenal beer. They make some of the greatest beers in the world, and that's mainly because I go over there and drink them, and I think they're the best. But if you actually look at impartial observers, if you go to these beer festivals where these guys are great, they win awards all the time. So, you know, Athens is famous for some of its breweries. I'm telling you folks now, get in on the ground floor. This place is growing by leaps and bounds because everybody likes Academic Brewing Company. They love the beer. They're buying it in liquor stores. They're buying it in grocery stores. They're buying it everywhere. Uh, people are coming by Athens to make sure that they swing by Academic Brewing Company to get it. And also, if you go out there, you're going to have a great meal. So if you're not a beer uh, snob or you're not a uh, beer fanatic, go out there and try their food. It's a great restaurant. So it's a, it's a, it's a win-win. You can't go wrong checking out friends there. Also, want to mention our friends at Prime Shrimp. Go to primeshrimp.com. Use promo code UGA Sports. It'll get you 20% off your first order. Uh, it's basically a very simple concept. They peel the shrimp, they devein it, cut the head off, put it into a basically looks like a very fancy Ziploc bag. It's a uh, vacuum sealed bag, and there's a seasoning packet inside there, or they're coated in it. They ship it frozen to your house. You get it, put it in your freezer. Then when you're ready to have great shrimp, like I had lemon pepper last night, you take it out, you drop it into a, a pot of boiling water, flip it over once, four, six minutes, whatever it says on the package, you're done. You take it out, let it sit for a second, cut it open, pour it onto your plate, put it onto your uh, grits. If you want to have shrimp and grits, put it onto your Alfredo, put it onto your tacos, whatever you want. Go to primeshrimp.com, out of New Orleans, our Folks at UJ Sports rave about them. They love it when they put the, the, do the shrimp on sale. We've had people buy two, three hundred dollars worth of shrimp at a time because they know it's such good stuff. So hit them up when you get a chance. PrimeShrimp.com. Hi, right, coach. I'm going to hit you up on. Uh, you mentioned Christian Clark, the running back. Uh, I know you high on him because of his capabilities. Uh, he got to watch practice. We got to see part of practice. We, we get to see part of practice again today. Now it's not. 11 on level, so we don't get to see a whole lot. But this will be the first time we actually get to see the team in pads. We've only had one pads practice this past Saturday. So today's day two in pads, and we're getting a lot of questions at UGASports.com, a lot of questions on Twitter, a lot of questions on Facebook. Who's looking good? Who's looking bad? And I, I don't think it's fair to say after one day in pads who's really standing out. But, again, that's the question that comes up. So I'm going to ask you, in reference to people who – you talk to because I know you can't watch all the practices, but uh, have we learned anything about these position groups? Have we learned anything about the quarterbacks, or is it too early yet? Yeah, I think the uh, the overview is that which we've said several times on our show was the fact that uh, even though we've only been out there three times, they had a, a lot of work before practice started officially. With these eight hours a week that they could use, uh, and, and they were able to do uh, put in a lot of stuff, offense and defense. And uh, Kirby's big on the, the offense, doing a lot in the spring to, to make our defense have to adjust because you, you know you got to be able to check calls and do all that. So he's not worried about maybe some mental error. He likes to avoid mental errors, but 
he would rather you have a lot more in the spring and, and show the defense stuff and, and, and experiment on offense as far as different formations. I, I, maybe experiment's not the word, but utilize different people to see how the defense lines up. So from a standpoint, we say even though it's the third day, we, we do have a lot in. And we've been able to uh, see what some of these guys can do. Some, some things that caught my eye right off the bat. I, I've only been able to go one time, and that was because I was over there seeing Christian Clark and his parents, uh, and I was talking to them more than I was watching. I mean, uh, I got laryngitis talking so much, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was cold. But, uh, you know, they had some good questions, and I was able to. But here's the deal. Dominic, I love it. It's going to be a big, big plus for us. I mean, he's an experienced guy that uh, you saw he caught seven balls against Georgia last year against our defense. And when he went out, their, their offense wasn't as good. He's going to help us. Uh, I think I uh, mentioned the fact that, that Lucky looks a lot better for a freshman than he probably should. Uh uh, Freeland, I, I'm really high on him. Uh, I feel like uh, a lot of those defensive players are just on the hoof. Run can play. Raylan Wilson, uh, you know, CJ. Th these are guys that can can do a lot of stuff. And uh, I think maybe rather than me ramble, just people maybe ask some questions, and I'll try to do a better job. But as far as the quarterbacks, uh, they're just letting them uh, go out there from what Kirby says and. Uh, both the first two guys are getting alternated with the first two units, and uh, and Gunner in the long way too. So we got a very competitive situation there. Okay, uh, have you heard anything about the offensive tackle spots? I mean, I'm assuming Gamaris Mims is just penciled right in. Uh, but again, that's just yeah, from my part. What I know and talking to, I saw Marius uh, one day before. He looks gigantic, and he said that. Uh, he was going to play right and left tackle. They were, they were going to look okay. at him left tackle. We did the same thing with with uh, with uh, McClendon last year. Uh, played him some in case something would happen to Broderick. And uh, so I think that's one thing Stacy does a lot of. Uh, but you know, Ernest Green is really brilliant by Ron and, and Kirby having a surgery there during the during the middle of the year, and he's back out there. Uh, he's a very talented guy. Uh, Blasky can come along, and this Freeland, I told you, is a big guy. I mean, he's got a lot of range, uh, and you might see Trust move out there. It depends on if if guards are better at guard than maybe that other guy is at tackle. You could take Trust out and play him at left tackle, and maybe play Sunder or Micah Morris or somebody like that. So it's a little mix mix and match. That's what they'll do. When I was watching uh, last Thursday, I went down and took – I did a photo gallery of the defense. Uh, uh, Catherine Skeen did the offense. So I got to watch a lot of the defensive guys and some of the – you know, seeing Jordan Hall out there, Raylan Wilson. You saw on last week's show I was just gawping about uh, Darius Smith, mm -hmm. although he's not a newcomer. It's just you know, a guy we haven't seen a ton of on the field yet uh, or as much as I expect to see him. Uh Bunch of some of the secondary guys, Jonella Aguero, you know, uh, Justin Rett. Uh, some of these guys look very comfortable back there. And uh, then, a couple, you know, watch some of the recruits, watch them, and they look, they look pretty impressive. But I still, to this point, have no idea kind of how opposite uh, Kamari Lassiter, you know, and uh, Malachi Starks, 
how the rest of the secondary works out. Looked, it looked, in other words, I was trying to gauge about who goes first in the drills. You know how you guys set them up? The first team guy goes, the second team guy goes. There was no rhyme or reason to it, Coach. I couldn't quite figure out what the hell was going on there. Have you got any ideas how, how that's going to shake out? Lost him there, so I'll try to bring him back here. I'm I'm here. All right. Okay. So part of that's probably Kirby trying to message you guys, say, "Hey, line up the guy out there." I'm I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, no, he wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just think, well, he did. He did yell like, how, "What's going to take to get the press out of here?" So. I think it's. I think it really is a situation where uh, cross training guys is important letting them play both sides, letting them play some guitar, letting them uh, play, you know, on all the special teams. And uh, as he mentioned in his uh, recruiting wrap-up and the guys we got get it, it gives you more more guys for special teams and more DBs you can bring in. And that's one of the reasons they brought in Smoke Bowie too, is to give you some added depth there. And uh, – so I, I don't know who that other corner is going to be. Of course, Lester's established. Uh, Everett really looked good in the fall. He developed in the green. He was hampered with a hamstring. But uh, he's very competitive. He did a good job on special teams. Uh, the other thing that helps us is our receivers and DBs going against each other, constantly uh, repping each other. Really helps both sides. I felt bad. Um, I wish I could remember which guy it was. Uh, he was wearing uh, number four on defense. <laughs> right as we were leaving the field, uh, he had to defend a uh, just a straight nine, straight go route with Arian Smith. <laughs> Arian Smith just smoked his ass. It was Harris. <laughs> back. It was Harris. Oh, Harris. Okay, poor guy. Uh, he just runs right by. And again, it's like, hey, you know, second day of practice. Welcome to the SEC. And, you know, try to catch this 10.16 meter dash guy as he's that's zipping the down the field. That's the thing that and, – and you you understand what you got to give to the readers. Me as a coach, I don't think it's that big a deal that – No, it wasn't. Was, no, no, not that, that one of our guys said, well, in past drills, such-and-such uh, uh, such dropped the pass. Hey – if you don't drop a pass, I mean, you're not human. But uh, yeah. that's all that's all people read about. Well, somebody got some bad hands or something. But that's all the all you got to report on, so you got to report it, I guess. So, uh, yeah. well, no, then, you, well, he so and so was in line first. But you know, a lot of times when you got those drills, you don't want to get in line on the other side is is a better player. So you jockey around in the line <laughs> where you get some guys not very good. Guy, yeah, Brad Creel. We would in high school. We always are, you know, where even in little league, we'd wind up cross from each other, button heads, and eventually got to the point where I'm like, "Do I have to keep running into him?" Hey, right, you, dude, you go first. <laughs> Let's switch up. Or Chris Engel, I'm tired of hitting his big head. So, yeah, I, I got my guys from back in the day that I was like, you know, hey Brian, why don't you go first? I, I, I got time my shoe. <laughs> so, and again, that's not to say anything against Harris. I just thought it was uh, your point about those guys going against each other. If you are a true friend, a kid who's supposed to be in high school coach, and you are at Georgia, you enrolled, you know, mid-year, and you're going through your second day, and you're trying to catch one of the fastest guys, not only in the SEC but in the nation, you know, on a straight go route, 
that's going to be tough. So you learn, hey, I got to do something. I got to get him off his route. I got, you know, it's he will be better by this Tuesday, by this Thursday, having going up against, you know, Lad McConkey, having going up against Ra Ra Thomas, having going up against Dominic Lovett. You know, Smoke Bowie facing some pretty good guys as well. Uh, last question before we hit another commercial. Uh, any buzz that you've heard about the new guys, the Dominic Lovett, the Ra Ra Thomas, the Smoke Bowie? Uh, it's a lot. I, I, I want to ask you: Is it a lot to learn to come in? How is it a completely new offense compared to what they ran? Is it is, is a ton of new terminology, or are they plug and play guys? I mean, I, this whole transfer thing is kind of new to us, you know, for that many guys. Yeah, I just think in the case of both these guys, they they played the sophisticated offenses. They know how you, know, you might call a route a, a number route for six instead of calling it a name route on the end. You might call it. Whatever you call it, it's what it is, and there's certain techniques. And we got a master coach there in uh, McClendon teaching them, and uh, they've had an inordinate amount of time as far as off the field training and learning the system. I don't think there's a hard, hard uh, and fast rule about how long it takes. Some guys do it quicker than others, but um, but there is kind of a sense of urgency for a transfer. I used to feel the same way with a JUCO guy because yeah. all of a sudden he's left and he, 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 you don't want a, a, a transfer coming in here not playing uh, because he's playing and he, he, he's got a – it's up to him to make the team, that's for sure, but it, it's a lot better if uh, all of a sudden his morale and, well, you know, I was doing pretty good where I was and I can't even get on the field. But I don't think they would have come here if they didn't think they could play or – Georgia certainly wouldn't have taken a transfer like these two and Bowie if they didn't they feel like they can move in there. But uh, I, I believe they can. I, was, I guess my question was, we saw how effective Darren Kendrick was when he came in from Clemson. And he had to learn Kirby Smart's defense, which we know is tough. Uh, I guess my question was, is it easier for maybe Smoke Bowie to learn what's going on, or is it easier for the two wide receivers to learn what's going on to, to fit in? I, th- I think it's probably harder to be a secondary guy because you got so many coverages uh, and checks. Uh, offense, you don't really receive you don't put checks out there. I mean, you you know you might uh, adjust your route, but uh, you got to adjust to the coverages and all that. But and a lot of it just depends on the individual person too. Uh, some guys are really good athletes that aren't quite as quick mentally and vice versa. So. It's a kind of an all-consuming question there. It could happen. But, uh, I like your comments on that. I would like to say this, that I'll be surprised if Lovett's not playing a lot and Rara the same. And Bowie uh, more right at this point, special teams, but he might come on and play even more. But, you know, he's we get, I don't know if they're going to put him back at safety, but uh, – you know, we got one guy established there in safety, uh, and we got another guy that's coming off an injury in Jackson. So uh, you'll see a lot of movement around back there. Love it. Uh, let's go hit a couple questions here real quick before we uh, hit our last commercial break. I want to hit uh, uh, San Diego Dog One, longtime uh, poster on the dog vent. We always appreciate uh, what he does. Has that one Georgia Dog California license plate, so it literally is San Diego Dog. So, uh, Coach, do you believe the defense next year will be as good as the last two years? Do you think the defense will have a different style of play than the last two years? 
It's a good question. Yeah, I, I think for sure, in my mind, the defense is going to be better than last year's defense. Uh, last year's defense uh, gave up 41, 41 points in one game. Uh, you know, uh, any way you look at it, uh, they had some good good games, but uh, we weren't as good defensively last year as we were even close. Everybody wanted to compare it to the last year, but a lot of that was because the offense was ahead and the defense was playing from from the, uh, you know, being knowing the down and distance. Had a tremendous right. game against Tennessee, no question about that. Defensive was stalwart. But uh, I think the stats a little skewed there because of uh, the way the games went. But uh, to me, our defensive overall personnel, particularly in the secondary, will be better. Uh, the perimeter defense, we got to, you know, make up for the loss of uh, Carter. But uh, I feel like our defense will be much better this year than last year. And uh, uh, as far as what they'll be able to do, uh, they do everything anyhow. It's just a question of what they want to call. I, I, I hear what you're saying, Coach. It's just hard for me to believe they're better. And I get – so you see it from a coach, from the totality. I kind of see it from personalities. I'm just thinking with a without Jalen Carter and without Keely Ringo, they could they could be better. But well, they played without Carter. They played without Carter over half the year. I know. I, and, and Ringo, just, Ringo, it just sounds wrong in my head. <laughs> Ringo had a good year, not a good year. Uh, we had to replace replace three linebackers that went in the first yeah. three rounds, and all those linebackers are back except the one that transferred to. to uh, uh, Alabama, and we got some good ones coming in. All of them look like Roquan Smith on the hoof. Uh, I just think the, the experience that Stackhouse, that Bear Alexander, all those guys got inside. You had Hall and Pimba, those guys, and you got human wrecking ball on the outside and Michael Williams. I, I just think, to me, maybe I shouldn't say think. I would say unequivocally our defense is going to be better. I, I agree. Hey, look, I, like I just said, I was out there taking pictures of them. It looked like a damn pro team out there. And, again, this is, there's some true freshmen. Uh, early enrollees are not even true freshmen because their freshman year kind of starts next year. The, the early enrollees look phenomenal. So I'm, I agree with you. And I go back to I did not think that last year's team would go 15-0 after you lost Trayvon Walker, you know, Devontae Wyatt. Um but they did. Yeah, they did. I just – you're right. So, if you say it, I believe it. You, you predict this stuff all the time and you're dead on. So, uh, let me get another question from uh, Billy Zane. He says, can you explain what our various offensive and defensive analysts are charged with charged with during the spring and offseason and preseason? Is it, Are they scouting opponents? Are they looking at new alternative plays and schemes? We see, you know, George adds a couple analysts and um, – you know, former offense coordinators. We know that that's what uh, Mike Bobo was doing. Uh, Will Muschamp was doing this beforehand. What are they doing? We've had this question before. You know, yeah, here, here's I what it's worth three. I think it's worth going over again it's because it just kind of gets thrown out in the spring than it is in the fall a little bit with the opponents. But uh, you know, you might have a project where you study all the teams, the best teams in the country as far as their red zone play. Uh, uh, another analyst might look the best teams in the country did on third down and, and get, a, get a presentation and give it to the offensive staff. Then, then in the spring, uh, 
uh, let's coach Kim. Well, we'll ask him when he comes back home. We'll get that. Uh, in the meantime, I want to mention our friends at Dead Soxy. Uh, use promo code UGA Sports to get 25% off of your order at Dead Soxy. Now, if you are new to watching the show because you want to tune in to hear about Dylan Rayola at the beginning and you stuck with us, we appreciate that. Our friends at Dead Soxy, this company started out, you know, they're a couple of old Miss grads. They started making fantastic socks. They started making them in old Miss colors. People bought them up by the truckload. And they started making them in Georgia colors, South Carolina, uh, Tennessee. They have some great ones out there. And I want you to look at the, the red and black socks they have here. They have a multi-pack. Uh, they have like the Georgia stripe going down them. They are lucky socks. But, it's you know, if you don't believe in luck, believe in comfort. Believe in socks that make you feel good, that uh, don't slide down your leg, that uh, don't have that seam that rubs against your toes, irritates your feet. They're incredibly soft. The, they are the best socks you'll ever have. Now, here's the way they got us to advertise for them. They asked if they could send us some. Sure, we'll take free socks. Put them on. Damn, these are great. Never thought we'd be selling socks. But uh, here we are because they make great stuff. So hit up our friends at Dead Soxy. Use promo code UGA Sports. Get 20, uh, 25% off your first order uh, when you place one. So uh, try that. Also want to mention our friends at uh, Buy Perfect Franchise. Uh, Randy Beachy, uh, Andy, Andy Ludecki. If you are, and, uh, I'm here at Classic City Eats, uh, they were in part of a franchise. They got out of it, started their own thing. But what got them launched was being part of a franchise. If you were in a dead end job, you're a job where you don't see a lot of growth potential, you don't see a lot of uh, areas where you can move up, you are not happy with uh, your income, you're not happy with the amount of time off you have. Reach out to Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. Just go to the website. You can call him. You can text him. You can email him. Let him know that you're interested. They have over 3,000 different franchises out there that they can put you into or at least tell you about. And, again, it doesn't cost you anything. He's talked to you for free. He's talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And a lot of folks at UGA Sports are now franchise owners. You can do as little or as much as you want. Small franchise, huge franchise, side business, main business, whatever you want. Hit up Andy Ludecki at myperfectfranchise.net. Oh, uh, just got a note from Coach. Coach had to bolt out. Uh, he has an appointment, so we're going to have to end the show right there. Sorry for the abrupt closure there, but I know he has, he has to go. So uh, I will wrap it up saying thanks to all of you who tuned in. Uh, we will get back to uh, uh, Billy Zane's question uh, we will lead off next week's show with it about the uh, analyst. And hopefully by that time, we'll find out a little bit more about what uh, Brandon Streeter and uh, Daryl Dickey are doing with Georgia. We just kind of know that they've been hired. We don't know exactly what their roles are, you know, where their, uh, where their uh, specialties will be. But hopefully by next uh, Tuesday, we will have more information. Uh, tune into UGA Sports this afternoon. We will have hopefully a couple photo galleries for you from the practice. There are open photo periods there. We will try to... Uh, put together something for you. We'll also have practice observations from at least three of our reporters who will be there. Nobody's sending out that many people to practice. We're the only ones that do it. We've been the only ones that do it. So tune in to UJ Sports this afternoon. Check out, check us out again next Tuesday at noon. Hopefully I'll be sitting in the same spot. We'll talk to you later. Take care.